Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. The show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, as always, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. Tons to go over with all of you tonight to help us get through it all. How about Danielle Elvari, host of the Los Angeles City Cast, partnered with Bet Rivers? We've got plenty of LA sports to talk about, from the Lakers and Clippers to obviously we've got the Rams to look forward to and the Chargers. Chargers have an important game coming up this week. We'll get her thoughts on that. And naturally, her alma mater, UCLA, as a six-point dog against Utah this weekend. We'll see what her thoughts are on that matchup. Afterward, more college football. How about Amal Shah joining us? I know he's always got a bunch of plays collegiately for football, so we'll talk about that with Amal in about a half hour or so. At the end of the show, it is the middle of the week, so we like to go over some of the futures plays in the NFL that I think could be worth taking a gander into. And aside from that, we've got some best bets for this evening and beyond. But since it is the middle of the week, we also begin the show with some of the midweek movements, meaning which games have seen the biggest movements, whether it's from the spread or the total, heading into the upcoming slate of NFL games, which is week eight. So let's get into that, folks, starting with midweek movements. We're going with the Thursday night football game that has seen the biggest movements thus far due to injuries or COVID-related issues being the Packers and the Cardinals. No Devontae Adams, no Ellen Lazard. Who in the world is Aaron Rodgers tossing the pigskin to? You still got Aaron Jones, Tony, and if MBS can come back. Oh, and you got Randall Cobb, I suppose. But still, that is worth a big movement toward Arizona. They put up three and a half. Now the Cardinals at home and undefeated. They are laying six in the hook at Bet Rivers. And this total's also taken a hit. 52 and a half down to 50 and a half. Look, we can assume the Cardinals are going to be able to put up their share against this Packers defense that really has not done anything spectacular. In the secondary, they haven't been impressive. Against the run, they've been okay, but I think they're going to be very liable against this Cardinals team that we know has a prolific offense. No J.J. Watt for the Cardinals is really the only significant injury news on their front, so I understand the movement going toward Arizona. How could you not? If you still want to play them, you could lay them under the key number of seven, but the way that we played it, yesterday which we talked about teasing them down from minus six and a half just to a half where you need the Cardinals to win outright which even with a healthy Packers team should have the advantage in this game and now even more so so the big movement going to the Cardinals on the spread and the total coming down from 52 and a half currently it is at 50 and a half for Thursday night football Moving on, we can go to Miami. What about uh, the Bills and the Dolphins? Actually, excuse me, this game in Buffalo. But the Dolphins on the road against the Bills are a sizable dog here, naturally, as you would expect with 
the really bad start Miami has had to their 2021-2022 campaign. Tua Tungabailoa now saying he doesn't feel welcome because of all the rumors with Deshaun Watson. And guess what? You shouldn't feel welcome because you've played terribly up to this point. And nobody trusts you, especially in the betting market. Buffalo opening 11.5. Now we see the Bills moving up two points to a 13.5-point favorite. When you get into double digits, you're still under the relatively keyish number of 14. So if you want to get on the Bills, now may be your time. If it keeps moving up, you're obviously going to wish you got involved at 13.5. This total hasn't really done anything too crazy. Ticked up a little bit, 48.5 up to 49.5. But in my opinion, there's no avenue for Miami winning this game. Their defense is atrocious. Their quarterback play from two, as I just alluded to, not reliable, making a lot of mistakes. And it's not that I dislike Tua and he's done anything personally to harm me. <laughs> Seems like I'm, I'm coming after him. He won me, or he didn't win me, but he helped win the bat with the Falcons last week. And look, I was rooting for the guy. He just doesn't have it with this team. And maybe it's the surrounding parts. Maybe Flores isn't necessarily the best coach for him. It's not a great fit. Whatever it may be, I don't know, but Tua is not the guy. So completely agree with the movement going in favor of Buffalo here from 11 and a half. Now it's up to 13 and a half as the Bills hosting the Dolphins this week. Moving on, we've got the Titans and the Colts. This game is going to be a fun one to watch. The early opening lines, like a week or two ago, had Indianapolis as a two and a half point favorite in this game. A lot has occurred since then. I mean, the Colts have looked a little bit better, but even more so, Tennessee has gotten two impressive wins against the aforementioned Buffalo Bills and then the Kansas City Chiefs. However, how much of a win can you take that into account against the Chiefs because of how bad they've looked? That's what people are speculating as of this point. But naturally, the movement did go to Tennessee because of that recency bias originally. And now you've kind of seen it flip-flop because Tennessee was the favorite. Now it's come back down to the Colts. So this has been quite the whirlwind to see where this line is going. So now at Bet Rivers, Indianapolis is the one-point favorite which originally it was Tennessee like up to minus one and a half, came down to one, came down to a half, and now the Colts are the one-point favorite. This total has not done too much, 49 up to 50 and a half, but this has been crazy to see where this spread has gone back and forth. Look, at this point, if you're getting involved, certainly just do money line right now. I mean, minus 103 for the Titans, minus 112 for the Colts, or wait to see if you could get a teaser opportunity for one or the other teams. If this gets up to one and a half, and it's in favor of the Colts. I would actually entertain teasing up the Titans from plus one and a half up to plus seven and a half. I didn't like the idea of teasing up the Colts as much per se, but I would have a little bit more confidence doing that with the Titans. So we'll see where this line goes, but it's been bouncing back and forth. Now it seems to be trending toward the Colts, who were the original favorite in this spot. All right, let's keep it here in the Windy City. What about the Bears and the 49ers? Another line that has kind of gone back and forth. And it's not that the movement has been too significant, but it's just how it's moved and why it's moved. So this one opened three and a half for this game, right? And the total was 43. Total took a huge dive to the under. This is going to have a very similar feeling to a Big Ten type of game because these offenses are nothing impressive, right? You can't rely on them whatsoever. So 43 down to 39 and a half for the total. I can't bet an under when it's that low. If you do, I'm not going to argue against it because again, these offenses stink. They flat out just stink, especially the Bears. We know that. But the spread is where, the, where it gets interesting. And we talked about this yesterday is not necessarily the best teaser option because you're not crossing through the three and the seven, but I still thought it was a viable look for Chicago. And I actually paired them with teasing down the Cardinals. So it was at three and a half. 
Went down to three, and now it's back up to four, though, in favor of San Francisco. The news that Khalil Mack will be absent in this game. The assumption is he's going to be put on injured reserve, making him miss a minimum of three weeks because of the foot sprain. Akeem Hicks has been questionable in missing the past couple of games. Robert Quinn dealing with COVID protocols. So on the defensive front, nothing to have confidence with for the Bears. I understand that. And I get why that would warrant it going up to four. I don't know if it means it's going to be that significant because at the same time, let's remember, Jimmy G hasn't done anything outstanding. He doesn't scare me as a better who may be backing the Bears. And trust me, I'm not backing them as a homer. I actually think it's a good matchup for Chicago, as I alluded to yesterday, because where they can have success is against these inferior teams when Chicago can run the ball and feel like they're not playing catch-up i.e. against the Bengals, the Raiders, and the Lions. He can't do that against the Packers. He can't do that against the Bucks. But against the San Francisco team that has only barely beaten the Lions, almost blew that lead, barely held on against the Eagles 17-11, where is this love for San Francisco coming from? And I get it. Chicago's looked terrible too. But at home in a game they need to win to save a lot of things here, I think the advantage is taking the points with Chicago despite the line movement. Again, I understand why it was altered in that direction. But I don't necessarily agree with it. I think this one's going to be closer than the line movement indicates. And again, you could tease it up to 10 now. Heck, maybe it gets to 4.5 and, and you could get over 10.5 and, and even a better teaser spot for the Bears. Would it shock me if they got blown out? Of course not. It's Bears, and it's being a Chicago sports fan. That's what happens from time to time. But realistically, the Bears have a shot of winning this game and especially covering this spot against this 49ers team that has not been anything special whatsoever. That's movement you've seen for the Windy City matchup with the Bears and the 49ers. Let's talk Bucks and Saints now, NFC South showdown. Uh, in this game, the Buccaneers look like they may be getting some players back. Gronk was in pads, same with David, and um, also Richard Sherman. They were spotted in pads at practice today, I believe. So that could be good reinforcements-wise. Antonio Brown looks like he's doubtful once again. Nevertheless, Tampa Bay... Getting love originally, a four-point favorite, up to a five-point favorite at Bat Rivers. This seems to be trending, though, in favor of the Bucks. still. Getting upwards to five and a half, six at some shops. Total has stayed very steady at 50. We'll talk about this game a little bit more so later in the show, but the early movement with the Tampa Bay has paused as of now, but wouldn't be surprised once we get the final report injury-wise if it goes more so in favor of Tampa Bay. I don't trust the Saints right now, do you? I get it's a division showdown, Tampa Bay on the road. But nothing impresses me with the Saints right now. So if you get it under the key number of seven, Tampa Bay would be the favorable side for me. And finally, let's talk Chiefs and Giants here. Oh, baby, what an exciting Monday night football game to look forward to. Can Kansas City finally get the job done against the G-Men? Well, if they can't, then uh, some things need to change big time. And speaking of change, the change in the spread. Early opener, way look ahead, had Kansas City minus 13. That has certainly tumbled down now. Kansas City. Laying nine and a half. So you are under double digits with the Chiefs. They're a nine and a half point favorite. This total has taken a slight dive from 54 at the early opener. Now it's down to 52. Yes, the Chiefs are supposed to win this game. Are they supposed to win it by 10 or more? Yes, you are because it's the Giants. Do I trust them to win it by 10 or more? No, because we have seen what the Chiefs have produced this season as of this point. But this is the get-right game for Kansas City. How will this change the future of their season? Maybe give them the confidence they need, the momentum that they need to realize that they still have all these offensive weapons defensively, yeah, maybe you give confidence to those guys, but they've never been anything that studly as of this point. But the movement, 
right away just because of how big it was came toward the Giants. Now we're seeing it at nine and a half. I'm sure by the time we get the Monday, wouldn't be surprised if this touches double digits. But heck, maybe everybody just keeps back in the Giants. Who knows? But overall, those are your biggest movements heading into NFL Week 8 with the spreads and the totals. We'll talk a little bit more NFL coming up next with Danielle Elvari, host of the Los Angeles City Cast. And then I got another play that I did add to my NFL betting slate. And I got some hockey action too. Don't worry about that. College also, Maul Shaw will be joining us. But up next, like we said, Danielle Elvari talking basketball, college and NFL right here. It is Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting for the local perspective. You've got the Chicago City Cast, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now the Denver City Cast in the Mile High City. Subscribe your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts made available. Get hooked up five times a week with local sports betting content. And helping us out with that right now on Rush Hour, Danielle Lavari joining us. She is the host of the Los Angeles City Cast, so we're going to touch it all virtually, talking basketball, NFL, and college football. Danielle, it's always a pleasure to have you on Rush Hour. And look, you've got plenty coming your way tonight and beyond. And let's start on the hardwood with a couple of L.A. basketball teams squaring up tonight. Uh, the Lakers on a back-to-back -back overtime effort last night. No LeBron once again. Anthony Davis is questionable. We all saw him kind of hurt his knee, and luckily it didn't turn out as bad as it seemed like it was going to. They're on the road against Oklahoma City, laying five. Thunder had the lead against Golden State, ended up dropping it. But what are you seeing in this game, if anything, that you might think is worth a play? Mm, so it's tough, right? Because whenever there's injury questions, I don't really like to spend money. But that said, we know that LeBron James, uh, I'm seeing out right now for tonight. I still seeing questionable for Anthony Davis, obviously dealing with that knee soreness. If you saw that Spurs overtime game that the Lakers did win, a lot of that was Anthony Davis. He had a double-double, 35 points, 17 boards, four blocks. So without him tonight makes me very, very question mark here. So I wouldn't really want to play this until I know that whether he's in or out. Uh, that said, if they're both out, I don't mind taking the thunder here. I mean, I think LeBron and AD are accounting for about 44% of the Lakers offense so far. And without LeBron out there, it makes me a little bit worried about their defense. Now we did get to see a better Westbrook game the other night, which was a mm -hmm. huh, sigh of relief if you're a UCLA or a Westbrook fan or a Lakers fan really at all. Uh, so, you know, it's nice to have Russell in there, especially against his old team. Shea Gildas Alexander though, for the Thunder, he's been pretty hot. He scored 30 points for the first time the other night. Um, and, I mean, the Thunder hung in there with the Warriors on Tuesday, too. So, I mean, my play that I really like here is, is actually I, I don't hate an under. I don't play, hate playing an under, especially with LeBron out and AD being kind of a question mark. Yeah, for sure. And it's a low total right now relatively for what we would typically see for Lakers game. 215 right now. And, Danielle, you mentioned Russell Westbrook 
played a lot better with the absence of LeBron. You know, he kind of had to take over, and I can't wait for all the narratives to start if the Lakers have success with Russell going off of LeBron being out. That's just going to be a clown show, naturally. But do you think that, you know, this will be something to kind of study if this is, you know, somewhat consistent, but is this maybe an avenue to where if this is a situation when you have so many players who can score that you would then kind of seek out their player props like a Russell Westbrook tonight, more opportunities with LeBron being out and Davis questionable? Well, I mean, as we always talk about, Danny, when we talk about betting, the book knows what we know, right? And so they know that Westbrook's going to have to shoulder a lot more of the offense, especially if you have LeBron out, if you have AD out. So possible, but a thing where you'd really have to be quick to get on that number, I would imagine. Um, and also, it's hard with Russell. I mean, at least he gets the volume. That's what we can say about his shooting, at least. So there may be something to see here, but that's what's so difficult, I think, about predicting the NBA because it seems like we have, di like, a different lineup every other night, just either if it's based on rest or injuries. So it's definitely difficult, but something you could maybe get on if you get the information first. That's right. It's always important to follow those beat writers on Twitter, especially for the NBA where you write. It's virtually a different lineup every single night. Uh, another L.A. team taking action tonight, Danielle. How about the Clippers? They're hosting the Cavs, a very favorable matchup for the Clippers. They're an eight-point favorite. This total at about 218.5. Maybe not the most entertaining game to look forward to, but anything handicapping-wise that stood out to you for this one? Oh, why not entertaining? Everybody loves watching Paul George. Uh <laughs> Well, I mean, so this Clippers team, not not underwhelmed, actually, just about medium, pretty much what I was expecting to see from them so far. Uh, they have seven players averaging at least 10 points per game. Colin Sexton's leading them with 19, uh, with that at least. And then Paul George, though, 28 points there so far per game this season. So that's really going to be the issue for the Cavs is how do they kind of deal with Paul George? Uh, but they've covered the spread as underdogs. I mean, it's so early in the season to talk about this, but in the last two games, it's eight points. That sounds like a lot to me in the NBA. I'd, I'd rather take the eight points here. So I'd lean towards the Cavs here. All right, Danielle, let's transition away from basketball. Look forward to the NFL slate out on the West Coast. And let's begin with the Rams, who have another, uh, let's just see, easy opponent to look forward to. They're on the road against the Texans, laying two tutties in that game with a total of 47 and a half. And interesting news, too. So Mark Ingram was just traded from Houston to the Saints right before we brought you on. And then Brandon Cooks was out to tweet, this is BS. And he didn't, you know, do BS. He typed out the full word and said, such a joke. Uh, even besides, I thought it was just an interesting tidbit to throw out there. I mean, Houston's kind of in shambles regardless. But now even with that, if the locker room's going to be a little bit stir-crazy, how do you think about the Rams laying 14 in this spot? Oh, they always have to throw a wrench into everything, huh? Well, <laughs> so this Rams-Lions game the other day was very exciting for me to watch because I gave Dan Leach such a hard time about saying it would be crazy to bet on the Lions to cover the spread. It was a ton of points, and we're seeing it again here versus the Texans, and maybe the Texans' defense is like this much better than the Lions. So I'm not expecting like a barn burner here, but you're giving me two touchdowns. I mean, it's just like I was looking at the USC game of Arizona this week and they're getting three touchdowns. They're getting 21 mm -hmm. points. So when I see something like that, it just seems so crazy. Is it something the Rams could cover? Yes. But why would they want to number two offense here versus like virtually one of the worst defenses? I almost like an under here, but my question mark is to Rod Taylor. Is he going to make it through practice? What's he going to look like? Because the Texans without him, I think they averaged 7.8 or something points per game. And before that, the first two games he played, they scored 37 and 21. So him in the mix as well. There's just too many wrenches here for me to really make a good call on this at this point. But I am kind of liking maybe an underplay. 
Okay, so it could be a lower scoring affair in Houston with the Texans and the Rams. What about then the Chargers and the Patriots, Daniel? This is a game that I really want to get involved in, and I want to take the Chargers here. I'm just a little skeptical. I mean, they're coming off a bye, off a bad loss. You would think this is a great spot for them, and the line is going up a little bit in favor of them. It went back down to 5.5, but now it's at 6. This total is at 49. Should I have confidence in the Chargers in this spot? So when I saw this line open at five and a half, I was like, Chargers, right? Obvious. But I was like, what happened last time these two seasons uh, teams met? And obviously last year is not a predictor of this year, but I more just wanted to see how did Bill Belichick plan for Justin Herbert? And obviously the last time they met last season, he kind of grew up, drew up like a perfect game plan. And Herbert threw two interceptions, had no touchdowns. He did have over 200 passing yards, but it was a 45-0 win for the Patriots. So that makes me nervous from a coaching perspective. That said, Staley's had a week off. The Chargers have had an extra week off with that bye. So I'm expecting them to be prepared. He said they addressed some of their offensive issues, especially on those earlier downs. So the only thing here really is the Chargers have issues stopping the run, which I think I've seen pretty much uniformly across the board. All the information I'm seeing, everyone's pretty much hanging their hat on. The Chargers can't stop the run, but the Patriots don't really run it. Uh, well, Damian Harris is my on my fantasy team, so I hope that's not true. Mm, Nevertheless, same here. <laughs> uh, I do like the Chargers minus six here, but I have been jinxing them so far. I've been on the wrong side of the Chargers every time. So Oof. I'm hoping this is the week where that changes. Okay, and then really quick, speaking of the Chargers, I got to ask you, talk about head coaches. We talked about this a few weeks back. I think Staley, and it's indicated by the odds, is the coach of the year right now. Is being very innovative, going for it on fourth downs, just doing stuff different analytically and just risk-taking. Is he your coach of the year as of this point? I mean, kind of taking the biasness out of it. Is he your top guy? Well, no bias here because I don't think I've really picked an L.A. team yet myself, Rams or Chargers. But I do think that when it looks at this coaching matchup, Staley's going to be the more creative coach, like you just said here. And so that's also went into my decision in wanting to kind of back the Chargers here, uh, especially because he had that extra week to prepare. So, right. yeah, I mean, as far as coach of the year, it seems so early to even be talking about. But, yes, I mean, on track for that. All right, Danielle, we got about 90 seconds left. Your alma mater didn't quite come through for you last week, but maybe they can at least cover this week as dogs. They're catching six in the hook against Utah. High total here, 60 and a half. What is going to happen with your team this Saturday? I can't bet on my team. I can't. Utah plays great at home. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Steve Mackinnon's article about true home field advantage. Pac-12 is the conference with virtually none, but the team that actually has it is Utah. They play well at home. Uh, they've won five in a row and 16 of their last 17, which like doesn't predict anything, of course, but they do well at home. They average 5.3 yards per carry, and Oregon was able to shut down UCLA's run defense last week. I believe they held Britton Brown and Jack Charbonnet to under 90 yards combined. So if Utah can do the same thing, which they can, it's tough to back UCLA in this game. Yeah, and, you know, Adam Kramer does great work covering college football. was just on with Stormy and my guys, and I think he was kind of thinking the same thing. He's like, I like laying the points with Utah here. Kind of a tough spot for your Bruins. So, for the sake of your fandom, I hope they pull it through. But if you're betting it, Utah might be the right side, as you're kind of hinting here, Danielle. But, hey, as always, we appreciate you taking some time. Enjoy all the L.A. action. We know we will, not only in terms of the sports, but you hosting the L.A. City Cast. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Thanks, Danny. At Danielle Alvarez, where you can catch her on Twitter. And again, five episodes a week, Los Angeles CityCast, wherever you get hooked up with your podcast. She's got you covered, all things L.A. Coming up next, Amal Shaw's got us covered with college football. We'll go through some of the top games next. It is Rush Hour.
Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, which includes 24 7 video streaming daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every single game. Plus, you get full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. Get everything VEASAN has to offer, and it's only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Again, that's VSIN.com slash subscribe. All righty, welcome back to Rush Hour right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host. As always, we are live in Des Plaines, Illinois, out of the Bet River Sportsbook World Series action to look forward to. Basketball, hockey, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But let's focus on the upcoming slate of college football and who better else to discuss it with than our man Amal Shaw, co-host of Odds On, is right here on VEASAN with Mike Palm, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Amal, we got a good slate to look forward to. Let's begin in the SEC. What about Ole Miss and Auburn in this game? I'm sure a lot of the public's looking at this game thinking, why is Ole Miss catching two and a half? They have the more prolific offense and quarterback. High total, of course, as it always is, 66 and a half. Why, why do you think Auburn is the favorite here, minus two and a half? Is it solely because of the defense, or is it maybe, hey, as bad as, or maybe not bad, as not good or comparative as this offense is with Auburn, they can do enough to still limit Ole Miss? Well, I think, first of all, because Auburn's down on the plains at home, so you have to take that into consideration. It's never easy when you go into Jordan Hare, and it won't be easy for Matt Corral and this team. Uh, the other thing is when you look at this Ole Miss defense, there are some areas they leave a little bit to be desired. We saw Alabama move the ball on them fairly comfortably. And, of course, Arkansas went right up and down the field on them. So I think it's a couple of reasons why you're seeing Auburn as a favorite here. But I think people are overlooking Auburn. They have a loss at Penn State. No real shame in that. I know Penn State got beat by Illinois, but that's a bit more of an outlier than uh, the norm. And then also, overall, they've been very competitive. They had a road win at LSU. and They've been pretty solid. I think people are just overlooking what the Tigers have done so far simply because we see what Georgia and uh, some of the other teams in the SEC have been able to accomplish thus far. I think this is a tough game. I think it should be arguably one of the most, if not the most, entertaining games of the week. I'm going to stay away from this one, Danny, but uh, I don't think anyone should be discounting this matchup. It should be a lot of fun to watch Bo Nix and Matt Carroll going at it. In another game, I'm sure you'll have fun watching your Buckeyes taking on the Nittany Lions of Penn State and Penn State coming off that nine-overtime loss to Illinois. I don't even know what adjectives to use to describe that performance. But look, uh, your Buckeyes laying 18 in the hook at home in this game, Amal. This total at 59.5. And, and even aside from that, from that, I mean, James Franklin with all the coaching speculations, USC, everything involving that, I'm sure, has just been a mess for Penn State leading into this game. Would that lead you to look toward laying the points with Ohio State? or is 18 and a half still a little bit too high? Yeah, I think it's a few too many points, even though I think there's a chance the Buckeyes could potentially cover it. If you look at historically, Penn State has done very well against Ohio State, really for the last decade, their biggest competition in the Big Ten East. And so I think that's something you have to take into consideration. You know, certain teams just match up well with certain opponents. And I think Penn State against Ohio State is one of those situations uh, we'll see what happens in terms of this one on Saturday. But Penn State's offense, they're going to have to show up if they're going to have a chance in this game. And I think that, that's going to be the difference in, the, in this matchup. 
Um, go back a few years, even though Penn State, I mean, Ohio State has dominated the scoreboard. Uh, you know, you look at Penn State in the last five years, they've kept it within what would be the um, approximate points, but going into Saturday here. So I think, I, could, I think it could be a challenge for the Buckeyes, but I, I think they can cover, but I wouldn't take this one um, in terms of the number. If you said I had to take it, I'd probably look towards Penn State potentially, maybe plus the points, but really can't touch this game. All right, Amal, let's roll out a few more games in the Big Ten this weekend. Uh, my alma mater, Nebraska and Purdue, I always like to hear you grill Nebraska, and rightfully so. And this week is actually a very intriguing matchup in the sense that I can usually find some kind of avenue I want to bet with or against them, but this one's kind of tricky. Nebraska's laying seven in the hook at home against the Boilermakers. Huskers coming off a bye. Uh, this total at 51.5, I know Purdue's had their bright spots. I'm not saying I'd look to laying the 7.5 with Nebraska. I think the Huskers do win, but I don't feel comfortable laying the 7 in the hook in that game. Well, I think with Purdue's defense, is a few too many points, and as you alluded to, you're a Nebraska guy. I, my one question is, why is anybody a Nebraska fan? Are they gloves for punishment? <laughs> I mean, this program... They got nothing else to root for. What? <laughs> Hey, you can you can sit there and find another team like so many other people do, right? Like <laughs> we got, we got people in our network. All of a sudden, you're like they're from Point X and they're rooting for Team Y. You're like, how do you get to this uh, decision on a team? You know, so I mean, you know, it's all of a sudden guys from uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Who's your favorite team? Ohio State. Oh yeah, I see how that relates. <laughs> gotcha. um, but anyway, I, I think it's going to be tough to cover this number when you look at uh, Nebraska offensively, they're inconsistent. And the one problem that they always have is in the fourth quarter, putting games away, being able to really uh, get out in front and just lay the hammer to people. Um, and look, I wouldn't be surprised if they cover because Purdue's inconsistent. But I think the Boilermakers have played competitively this year. That's the big question mark. And with Scott Frost's team being so inconsistent, it's hard to lay a number with these guys in this matchup. Yeah, it, it really, I mean, the inconsistency, it doesn't matter if they're coming off a bye. At the end of the day, Nebraska is the kings of shooting themselves in the foot. So while they may get the win, I don't think there's comfort there with laying over the touchdown. This is probably a great in-game betting opportunity if that's the way you're looking to approach it. Uh, Amal, a more exciting game in the Big Ten, Michigan and Michigan State. This spread has been going back and forth from four and four and a half. Right now, the Wolverines laying four on the road. Total at about 50 and a half. The one play I did make in this one was under 51 and a half. That's really the only approach I liked enough to place some money on. Do you see any viable betting options with these numbers currently? Yeah, give me, the, give me the, what the numbers are sitting at again currently. Yeah, Michigan's lane four. They're minus 195 money line. Spartans plus 155, and the total is now down to 50 and a half. Yeah, I'm not surprised that this total has come down. Michigan's defense has been terrific so far, but remember, Michigan State has done well in this series in terms of recently. Um, again, I don't know, Danny, if either of these teams are particularly good. We haven't seen much out of these teams. I, I want to see something against a uh, common opponent where they're facing off against good teams, and I think this is the first opportunity we're going to see that with both sides. So we'll get a better idea of how good or bad these teams are. I, I just think that if you like Michigan State, you take a shot with the money line as well. Um, and if you like Michigan, lay the points here. But I, I don't have any interest in this particular game. I know these are the marquee All games right. this weekend, but for me, the, the, none of these really interest me that much from a betting standpoint. Yeah, and I was going to say, all right, if that doesn't interest you, I'm sure this will interest you even less. i got to ask you about Iowa and Wisconsin. I was cracking up talking about this game with Matt Humans yesterday because I just need to hear other people's thoughts on how ugly this could be. And, you know, 
it's three and a half in favor of the Badgers, and I get I was a little bit banged up, and Amal, you and I feel like had the same sentiment about Petrus. Like, we don't trust him whatsoever. He's never really put in a position to where he needs to play well for Iowa to win, and if that occurs, rarely does it come to fruition. And this total's down to 37. I, I'm not betting anything, but I just feel like the, the more feasible option is to take three in the hook as opposed to laying that with this offense in Wisconsin that can't throw the ball either. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think if you're going to bet this game, you have to look at the dog getting the points here simply because neither team is dynamic offensively. However, with that being said, I think because Wisconsin has a three losses, and really that Notre Dame game should be pinned on the Wisconsin offense more than anything else. The defense played great. There was a kick return and two pick sixes in that game to return for touchdowns. Um, I think this Wisconsin run defense is about as good as anything in college football from a defensive unit standpoint. So, I think it'll be a real challenge. If you're looking at Peters trying to beat you, it's going to be a real problem for the Hawkeyes here. And the other thing is, if I were to drop this game, well, you talk about a dream season that went awry very quickly. Uh, it could happen here this week when you look at this matchup for the Hawkeyes. So Hawkeyes win this game. I think they've got a great chance to get into the Big Ten Championship game with just one loss. But it is going to be a challenge going on the road at Camp Randall here. Yeah, that is for sure. We'll see how that one pans out. Going to be the stereotypical Big Ten matchup. So let's switch it up. Let's go out to the West Coast, Animal. Before we let you go, we got about 45 seconds left, and we're previewing San Diego State and Fresno State as our last game, and SDSU laying a point. This total right at 45. Who do you give the advantage to in this matchup? You know, I, I like the Aztecs off, excuse me, defense in terms of what they were able to do against Air Force, but I still have some question marks about this team from an offensive perspective. You know, they, they had a couple of short field opportunities against Air Force. They did a nice job, man. You know, you look at Lucas, Lucas Johnson's numbers last week, a little bit deceptive. Uh, he, was, he was efficient throwing the football, but only threw the ball 13 times. Uh, now you're going to face off against a real offense here. This is going to be a challenge, but i got to take uh, San Diego State here at home just laying a point in this matchup. All right, I'm all rolling with the Aztecs between that game with Fresno State and San Diego State. Should be a fun one to cap off this Saturday evening, 9.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Amal, as always, appreciate you giving us some insight on the upcoming college football slate, and best of luck, my friend. Look forward to doing it again next week. Thank you so much. At Amal Shaw 1 on the tweets. Remember, you can catch him co-hosting Odds On right here on VCD Sports Betting Network with Mike Paul Monday through Friday, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up next, we're wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour. It is Wednesday. We're talking NFL futures and some of my dimes for tonight and the upcoming NFL slate next. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They've been offering same game parlays that you can play in all pro football matchups, and they've brought back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And don't forget, during this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bets. Offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. 
Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 532 in Virginia and Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into it. The final segment on Rush Hour this Wednesday evening. We begin Wednesdays with midweek movements, and we like to cap it off with some futures in the NFL. I also got some best bets we'll get to momentarily. But I wanted to talk about a couple teams, and one in particular that we discussed last week and how we would look to handicap it further along if they were to win. And that team was the New York Giants because last week we talked about their win total. It was at four and a half and the exact odds, the over plus 110 under minus buck 30. And I said, well, you know, let's be a little patient. If somehow they end up pulling out a victory against the Panthers, which they did and then some 25 to three, we'll see where this number moves and if it's worth a bet then. Well, naturally they win and it moves to five and a half. Now the over still plus 110. However, the under a little bit shaded more so that way, minus 137. And right now, I mean, look, they're two and five currently. They have beat the Saints and the Panthers. They've lost to Denver, Washington, Atlanta, Dallas, and the Rams. But what does the rest of their schedule consist of? Is there an avenue to where they can get, as of this point, you know, four more wins? even beyond that or are they going to continue to lose and be a bottom tier team and the latter let's be honest is probably going to come to fruition but let's just dive into it and of course we separate these into the winnable games losable games and toss-up games now winnable games and this is me being generous with the giants because every game in my opinion could be losable but week 12 versus philly the way the eagles have looked how can you trust the eagles week 13 at miami we already know what a crap show miami is right now and week 18, you get Washington, who's kind of been unreliable. And that's at the end of the season. Who knows what all the outlying factors are going to be in that game. Losable games. Week 8 this week on the road against Kansas City. You're on the road in week 11 against Tampa Bay. Chargers, you get them on the road. Dallas, you get at home, but the Cowboys are better. Week 16 at Philly. Week 17 at Chicago. And then you look at the toss-up games, only one toss-up game, and really I still think it could be a losable game and should be. Uh, week 9, you get the Raiders. Raiders are at home. That was, you know, it's up this upcoming week. But that was when, you know, it was up in the air about Las Vegas with the coaching situation, how they would do afterward, and they've looked pretty solid thus far. So when we just kind of summarize it all, what should you do with the Giants and their win total right now? And a lot of times I like to go, hey, look, and wait to see what their upcoming opponent is and then look to jump in on it. But you know, they're playing the Chiefs on the road. They're not going to win that game. So if you do want to jump in on the Giants in terms of betting their under for the win total, now is the time. It's probably the highest you're going to get it realistically. The reason I haven't fully jumped in on it is because I'm not in love with the idea of lane minus a buck 37 at this point in the season, although it's a very strong lean to betting under five and a half wins with the Giants. I don't like the price. That's the only reason I didn't play it. But if you're comfortable with laying it as of now, the Giants under certainly is the right play in terms of their win total looking forward to the remainder of this season. I might change my mind. Who knows? we still got some time before they play on Monday night. Let's talk about another team that we did just see play on Monday night, and that should, if anything, direct you toward betting the under with this team as well. That's the New Orleans Saints. And look, 9.5 is their win total, and it's shaded to the over, minus 143, under, plus 115 for New Orleans. With a current record somehow of 4-2 and two with just odd losses to Carolina and the Giants. I, this team is such an anomaly, I don't get it. But 
they beat the Packers, they beat New England, they beat Washington, they beat Seattle. The Green Bay game was just so wonky, you can't take anything from it. New England, okay, respectable win. Washington, not that great. Seattle, banged up, barely beat them. They already had their bye week also, remember that too. But their winnable games, the remainder of their schedule. Uh, next week versus Atlanta, you get the home field advantage against a division opponent. Week 11, you're on the road, but it is against the Eagles. Week 14, on the road, but it's against the Jets. Week 16 to get Miami at home. Week 17 versus Carolina. Losable games. This week, you're playing against Tampa Bay. That's going to be a very tough matchup. Week 10, on the road against the Titans. Week 12, you get Buffalo at home at least, but it's still the Bills. Week 13, you get Dallas at home. Week 15 at Tampa Bay. One toss-up game on the road against Atlanta. It's week 18. You're on the road. You probably split with the Falcons. So look, if you get them all their winnable games, so that's about five right now, that puts them at nine wins. And I get the toss-up game is 50-50, so that could put them over the top, but that's relying on them to win all of those games in that winnable games category. And again, look, this is going to be a situation where you look at their upcoming opponent being Tampa Bay. In my opinion, I think the Bucs have a clear advantage and will win that game. You're not going to have the under B-plus money or maybe even at 9.5 at that point. So if you're looking for a chance to jump in on New Orleans under their win total, now may be the best time. Unless you think, well, then after they lose to the Bucs, they win Week 9 versus Atlanta. And then, heck, maybe they can win Week 10 versus Tennessee. Who knows? But this could be one, even if you don't get in right now, still could present another good opportunity down the road. I don't think you could say the same with the Giants per se, but the Saints may be a good time to get that plus money under 9.5 right now with a team that is an enigma to me. So I wouldn't bet over. It would only be under for me with the Saints as we're looking forward to their win total. And kind of just wrapping up the Futures talk, I was going to talk about MVP because I know we discussed it a lot, but there's not anything worth a play right now in my opinion. I know we talked about Tom Brady a lot as my you know top two guy, and now he's like plus 450, so it's a little bit too short, but he's still my favorite. You're considering another guy, Aaron Rodgers, at 10-1. to If you think he can do something special against Arizona, maybe a decent outlook as well. But that's going to wrap it up for our futures discussion in the middle of the week. Before we head out here, let's get you set up with some best bets, not only for tonight, but further along in the upcoming week. It is time for Danny's Dimes. As we wrap up this Wednesday edition of Rush Hour, let's take it to the ice, talk some puck. We've got hockey, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to start with the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. Dallas opening up as a minus 115 favorite, but... Wait a minute, now they're up to minus 165. Why is there so much love going for the Stars? Well, it's because they're coming off a tough loss on Monday. Had the night off. They're at home, and they're getting a VGK team that played last night in a tough matchup against the Avalanche, albeit they won, but they're still missing Mark Stone. They're, they're still missing Max Pacioretty, and it looks like Robin Leonard may not be in the net for them tonight. The Golden Knights have also only scored 13 times in just six games. They're the only team in the NHL without a power play goal. So even though they had the impressive win last night, this is going to be tough for them to get up back-to-back -back on the road against a Dallas team that is fiending for a win here. So I agree with the line movement toward Dallas. I got this at about minus 141. I know it's high minus 165 is the best number right now at Bet Rivers. So if you're comfortable laying that much, I still think playing them on the money line is the right move. If not, if you want to go with the puck line, you're getting plus 155. Or you could always opt in to do the win in regulation for a little bit cheaper of a price. But again, would still play Dallas here. I think the situational spot is right for them in terms of the Golden Knights injuries and the fact that they just played last night and that Leonard may not be tending the net. So the Stars are one of my two favorite plays tonight. Look to bet them on the money line. 
And then the Blackhawks and the Maple Leafs. Now, overall, we talked about this with Nick Alvergo. Chicago is arguably the worst team in the league right now, have yet to get a win. And guess what? They also have set an NHL record for most consecutive minutes played, being 360 with 57 seconds without ever holding a lead. And they've only scored 12 goals in six games. And let's be honest. I mean, everything that's happening on with the investigation in terms of the report for the sexual assault that happened in 2010, huge distraction for this team. All the change in upper management, terrible, unforgivable, huge stain on the dynasty and the first part of that championship in 2010 for the Blackhawks. Just absolutely awful. You can't say enough. Just look at how bad of a time that was for Chicago and how many mistakes they made leading up to today. But nevertheless, looking at this then from a betting perspective into this game, you know, Maple Leafs open minus 145. They're up to minus 230 now. And instead of laying the big price, I played them to win in regulation for Toronto about minus 125. The Blackhawks, aside from all the distractions and just terrible play, no Jonathan Taves, no Patrick Kane and some other players and coaches because of COVID-19 protocol. They got nobody out there tonight. They're just in shambles, a mess, a disaster, whatever you want to call it. Look to betting the Maple Leafs either on the puck line plus 112 or a little bit safer option that I like for them to win in regulation. So I'm fading the Blackhawks here. And then that, those are the two hockey plays. And really quick, instead of teasing down the Bucks in this game, I had an NFL play. I'm parlaying the Cardinals and Bucks. I already know I did a teaser with the Cardinals and the Bears. Was waiting for the line to get up with the Bucks to tease them down. To get shorter odds if you parlay them. So I'm parlaying the Bucks and the Cardinals for minus 104 odds. They're getting reinforcements back for this week. Bucks money line, Cardinals money line. Fade the Blackhawks, fade the Golden Knights. Those are our times for tonight. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. Take care.